From blockbuster movie directors and Heisman Trophy winners to the common person, no one is safe. On today's show, we talk about interaction in the social media era. Stay tuned. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Technically Speaking Podcast, the show where we talk about ministry and technology. I am your host, Jack Dodgen, and today we're going to talk about uh, the natural consequences of living life on social media. Uh, I think my generation was one of the first to really, I mean, I say I think, my generation was the first uh, to grow up with this idea that you should post things about your life very publicly uh, to places like Facebook and uh, even back uh, MySpace and other places like that. Uh, And now we're seeing the natural consequences of those types of things, Uh, specifically in uh, the situation involving uh, Kyler Murray, uh, the uh, player for uh, Oklahoma University, uh, who was recently... uh, named the Heisman Trophy winner, but then you saw all the articles flooding in about some things that he had posted on Twitter uh, several years ago, uh, anti-gay tweets specifically. Here's, here's the first line of this NBC News article. I'll have this link down below. Newly minted Heisman Trophy winner uh, Kyler Murray is apologizing for anti-gay tweets posted to his Twitter account several years ago when he was 14 and 15. Uh, this is not a new phenomenon that has occurred uh, in the social media era. In fact, this is happening more and more and more. Uh, We recently saw this just a few months ago. I believe it was a few months ago. It was this year for sure, Uh, but uh, not that long ago where James Gunn was kicked off being the director of Guardians of the Galaxy 3 for Marvel and Disney Studios uh, because of some things that he had posted, I think about a decade ago. Uh, And that situation is a little bit different, not saying I agree with it either way. Uh, he hasn't, uh, there There was a lot of talk about keep him on. He, he was being edgy then. He hasn't shown that kind of behavior since that point. You know, for the last 10 years, I guess uh, he's been Twitter sober uh, and hasn't said things like that. But um, he was fired for those things said then. Uh, but this, this Kyler Murray situation is a little bit different. And the biggest difference I see with this is He was 14 and 15 years old. He was a kid. He was a kid, just like all the other kids that were posting these things and uh, posting stuff that they uh, probably shouldn't have said. And now that he's in the limelight, being a Heisman Trophy winner, uh, those things were scoured for. Let's look back at his history and see if we can find something online uh, that he said or did that he posted about uh, so that we can attack him on those things. And uh, this is this is the natural consequence. I'm not saying it's right, uh, but it is the natural consequence of living a very public life online. It shouldn't happen to anybody. Uh, and fact of the matter is, if anybody wanted to take take the time to look through things that I had said on Facebook or my old MySpace account or wherever, you would th- you would find things that I would very much regret uh, having said. Now being 27 years old, uh, but I'm sure that when I said it at you know 14 or 15. 
I wasn't thinking about that at all. I was just doing what you're supposed to do. I'm supposed to post online. It's a new world. It's kind of a cool thing. I'm staying connected with people. I'm uh, letting people know who I am and uh, being involved in their life, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, and that's this is what happens when uh, people are able to get online and say anything they want, and you mix that with a culture that is very much focused on outrage and getting offended and upset over things all the time. Uh, here you have a man who who played very well this year, uh, well enough to get the Heisman Trophy, the the coveted award every college football season, and he attains this very high level of play, only to have the internet skewer him and take him down. We're not going to see this stop anytime soon, uh, and as a result of that, what I want to spend talk, the time talking about on today's episode is uh, how can we navigate these sorts of things? How can we uh, specifically be a positive impact uh, in the, the social media uh, online outrage culture that we are living in right now? But before we talk about that, let's get into our tech tip of the week. In the vein of outrage this week, uh, we have our tech tip of you need to understand your audience. YouTube recently put out their YouTube Rewind for the year. They do this every year. They've done it for the past, oh, I I don't know how long. Uh, I want to say since 2000. I don't remember. Uh, It's not since 2000. I want to say since 2010 at least, maybe a little bit before that. Um, but I, I remember, I, I look forward to them every year, though, as the years go by, I get less and less excited for them because I, I, I'm sure that I'm not going to like the content of it. Well, uh, I was not alone in not liking YouTube Rewind 2018. In fact, uh, the article that I'm reading here says this, YouTube Rewind's 2018 video is well on its way to becoming the most disliked video in the streaming site's history. Uh, I went and looked up what is the most disliked video on all of YouTube, and it is uh, Baby by Justin Bieber, and that was in 2010. And so since 2010, there hasn't been a video that has eclipsed that dislike number, which is 9.8 million dislikes. Um, The next closest one before this YouTube Rewind video came out was a song by Jake Paul and his uh, Team 10 group, and that was 4 million dislikes. So there's almost a bridge of 6 million uh, there between 1 and 2. And now here comes YouTube Rewind 2018, which is currently sitting at 9.4 million dislikes. So 9.8 versus 9.4. And it's very likely that uh, this video from YouTube itself will take the top spot as the most disliked video on the website. Um, if you go through and scroll through the comments, I, I believe the comments are still enabled on this video, uh, and you go through and read all of the the articles and uh, think pieces written about this, why is it so disliked? Uh, a lot of people are pointing to uh, a disconnect between YouTube and its audience. Some people are, are pointing to the uh, kind of the cringy nature of some of the things that it doesn't really represent YouTube. Uh, But one of the biggest things is uh, there are a lot of creators on the site that were not featured, uh, an extensive number of of heavy hitters on the website that helped bring YouTube the money, uh, were not featured anywhere in it. Uh, The people that everybody watches were not on there. 
may a handful here and there, but none of their really big draws to the site. Uh, and and that seems to be where most of the issue is coming from. You have guys like uh, one of the easy ones, PewDiePie. He's at 76 million subscribers on YouTube. Uh, the the most subscribed to, I believe, still at the moment uh, of anybody on the site, though there is a uh, company that he's kind of jokingly feuding with at the moment that is likely to pass him here uh, eventually, but he's been able to to keep the top spot for the last little while now. But he was nowhere to be found. Uh, he does come with controversy, uh, and he has done some things and said some things that he shouldn't have. He's apologized for those things, uh, but he's been involved in mul multiple controversial situations, and so why put him in the video? We don't want YouTube to be uh, controversial. Uh, there are other creators like that. Jake and Logan Paul, both of those brothers and their separate channels, are friends of controversy, not featured at all. But then you have other creators, guys like um, Shane Dawson, who had uh, multiple millions of views over the course of seven videos, I believe, uh, actually documenting Jake Paul and talking to him and about stuff and uh, just a, a documentary series uh, that he, with a very small crew, pulled off and received millions and millions and millions of views throughout the course of all those videos. Nowhere to be found. Uh, he's not a controversial figure, uh, and he did something very forward for the, the platform, but there was no mention of him. Uh, in fact, there were lots of YouTubers that have millions of people subscribed as their audience, not even a reference to them at all. And the things that were referenced uh, were less to do with YouTube and more to do with uh, take Ninja, for example, have nothing against him. Uh, he's the biggest streamer on Twitch.tv, uh, but he posts some of his clips to YouTube and as a result has had an extreme rise in his YouTube audience this year because of those things. And so he was featured very heavily. Well, he's not really a YouTuber as much as he is a Twitch streamer that happens to put things on YouTube. And so while people like him, he doesn't really represent the channel. Uh, and there are a lot of people featured that didn't really feature, that didn't really highlight the channel, didn't really feel like the year was being appreciated or represented. And a lot of the people that probably should have been in there because they are the face of YouTube, whether you, YouTube likes that or not, uh, they were left out altogether. Here's the tech tip of all of this. You have to understand your audience. This thing is going to become the, the most disliked video of all time, uh, dethroning Justin Bieber's baby after eight years of being the most disliked. Uh, and the number three spot is going to be trailing by six million. I mean, it's going to hold this spot for a while. Oh, why does all this happen? YouTube didn't understand their audience. Uh, it felt like they were trying to they need to reach out to advertisers because they need people to advertise. Uh, they wanted to do a lot of other things with their videos, capitalize on memes, do uh, politically focused things, but also have things that are a little more fun, uh, deal with some negative things, but also deal with some positives, highlight some smaller creators on the, on the channel, but leave some of the bigger ones out. Uh, but they did put some bigger ones in. It just seemed like they were stretching too much as far as what they wanted to do. Uh, YouTube Rewind, as far as most people are concerned, and if you go watch, I've watched several videos of why it failed and all that, uh, the resounding answer seems to come back to this should be a celebration of just this website, the people on it, 
people who make it great. Uh, and if YouTube wanted to do something highlighting uh, political things or uh, just some of the other things they wanted to get through in this video, then don't do it in a rewind, do it in something else. But rewind from the beginning was a rewinding of the year through the eyes of YouTube uh, and the things that happened on the platform. And it just didn't feel that way this year with 2018. Uh, and that's how a lot of people feel about it. You have to know your audience. Uh, there are times where there are, there are topics I want to write about and have written about on Strong Church that really didn't fit the group I was speaking to. You know, there are some times where I really want to, for example, uh, heavily talk about things involving preaching, but I am primarily a writer of culture and uh, Bible study. And so when I get into preaching, my audience is not preachers for the most part. Are there some preachers on there? Yes. Uh, some preachers will read it too, but that's not my primary audience. And so if I started all of a sudden uploading articles about uh, how to preach better or what types of things to be preaching, etc., things like that, uh, I would see a dip in people reading what it is I'm putting out there because that's not my audience. Uh, my audience has been with me for as long as they have because they've expected certain things to be written about. Uh, and if I change that, then I should expect those things, to, my, my readership to go down. You have to understand who you're writing to, who you're speaking to, who you're doing videos for, that's not that you can't ever change, but you need to be careful about how you do those things. And ultimately, you need to provide the people with the stuff that they're used to, what they're looking for, uh, the, the type of things that they have come to expect from you because that's what you've provided for them uh, for so long. Uh, so take this example of outrage over YouTube, uh, Rewind 2018, and learn from it. Understand your audience and post things that relate to them. Moving on from one outrage to the next, we come back to the stuff surrounding Heisman winner Kyler Murray and movie director James Gunn and other people who have had their past uh, history on the internet scoured and uh, torn apart as they rise to some kind of uh, level of fame and achievement. Uh, how, how do we handle those sorts of things? Because it, it may very well happen to you. I would not be surprised... Uh, if, uh, as I said at the beginning, I wouldn't be surprised if there are things in my past that people could go find and pull up that, well, you know, Facebook and uh, when you were 14 or 15 years old, you said something like this. Yeah, I did because I was a stupid 14 or 15 year old who shouldn't have been able to put things online. But that's what everybody was doing. Uh, and my guess would be that you probably have things online that you've posted or said that you really wish you could take back. Uh, such is the nature of words sometimes and thoughts and such is the nature of social media. So how do we handle this? We're, we're living in a world where people want to get upset and where people will go very far back into your history just to find something to be upset about if you are to achieve anything. Uh, here are a few thoughts I have on uh, what we can do uh, when we're living in a society like this. The first thing is be aware you need to be aware of the fact that people are watching you. Some of them are watching you to learn from you. Some of them are watching you to find out what not to do. Uh, there are some people who want you to succeed. There are also people who want you to fail. And there are a number of reasons for that. Uh, they 
may not be as successful as they want to be and so any opportunity to pull somebody else down to their level is an opportunity they're going to take whatever the reason there are people good and bad hopefully mostly good but there are people good and bad uh, waiting for you to do or say things that are good and bad uh, they want to see you rise and some people want to see you fail and will help do that you need to be aware of those things uh, I can't tell you how many times over the last year or so uh, I have written something out and then erased it all and said it's it's not worth it for me to do this. Uh, the the outrage that this could cause, the anger that it could cause, uh, it, it's not really going to do any good, and so I'm not going to put it out there. Uh, there have been a lot more times, and I wish that I had done that when I was younger. Uh, just this year, uh, a few months ago, I put a, an article on Strong Church called A Public Apology, where I apologized for articles I had written that, you know, the title or some of the things I said, trying to be funny, uh, I was rude uh, or inconsiderate of other people who may hold uh, different views on whatever subject it was I was talking about. And this was not one article in particular, but but multiple. Or where I would... Uh, maybe quote somebody and change it enough so I didn't quote them directly, not to steal, but to, I was calling them out, but I didn't want to call them out directly. That was, that was cowardly. Uh, and so I apologize for those things and I apologize to some people personally as well. Uh, but I wish that I had gone back and not done those things in the first place, but there was nothing I could do about it now. They're out there, they exist and stuff that I put out online exists online and it's there. Uh, you have to be aware of that. And moving forward, I've been very aware of it. The stuff that I've written since that point and said since that point uh, have been things where I have read over it and thought about them all and gone, okay, is this inflammatory? What am I trying to do with this? Is this going to be beneficial or is it going to hurt people? And that awareness has caused me to throw some articles away. It's caused me to throw a lot of uh, tweets and posts on Facebook away. Uh, but it has been a lot better for me overall. Uh, and and you, we have to understand that in this culture where people are looking for you to mess up, you've got to be aware uh, and not post things like that. Here's the second point that follows right along with this. We've got to think before we post. Uh, whatever it is you're, you're typing out or sharing, I saw somebody uh, on one of my Facebook friends uh, share something the other day. It was a a meme they had created. It was a picture uh, talking about Christianity, but mocking, I think, atheists or somebody else. And with the comment attached to that was, Christians, you have to stop doing this. Uh, and he was greeted with a lot of approval and thank you for saying this uh, underneath the post. And he's right. Uh, there have been a lot of things that I've seen shared by other Christian friends that I've looked at and gone, you know, what if a non-Christian sees this? I know you're friends with some non-Christians. What do you think they think about this? The problem is we tend not to think that far. We read it, it's funny, or yeah, you know, it's true. Hey, maybe it's a little rude, but you know, the truth hurts sometimes, so I'm going to post this. And we don't really think of the consequences that may come along with that. Uh, just because something is true doesn't mean it's said in the right way. You have to think about, am I saying this truth in a loving way like I'm supposed to? Um you also have to consider uh, this thing that I'm wanting to write. Is it, it, it may be true, or at least I believe it to be true. Is it helpful? Or is this going to just cause issues and, and trouble? There have been a lot of, I've, I've actively watched people close doors to reach other people 
because they were so insistent on posting something that was on their mind. Listen, you don't have to post everything that, that's on your mind. You don't have to post everything you think about, everything that comes up. And there are some things that are going to be right, that you believe to be true, that are better left unsaid, at least on Facebook. Talk to people face-to-face about those things. Uh, discuss those things with other people. Uh, let them have the face-to-face so they know where you're coming from. They can see your emotion. They can hear your heart in the things that you're saying. Because when it's words on a screen, people are going to interpret it generally, has been my experience, in a negative way. Uh, and a lot of the things that we post without thinking about cause a lot more harm than good. So think before you post. Here's the third. Don't join in the outrage culture. Uh, there, are, there are some examples that come to mind as I was, as I was thinking about uh, this and laying the show out and what do I want to talk about. Uh, there were some examples that came to mind that I really don't want to use because they're political in nature and that's, those tend to be inflammatory anyway. Um, and I'll, I'll use it, but I will try to give it in a, a general sense. Uh, I remember people saying, uh, this celebrity needs to shut up about politics. Nobody cares what you think or what you have to say about politics. But then a different celebrity speaks up, a celebrity that's more aligned with that person's views. And the same person who a week before or a day before was saying celebrities need to shut up about politics, nobody cares, is now sharing the opinions of this celebrity because why? Finally, some common sense in Hollywood. Well, it's because this person agrees with me now. You don't get to play, you don't get to bash one side and then say, okay, now I'm going to do that thing because there's somebody that agrees with me. That's not how this works. If it's nobody cares about your opinion, celebrity, then you have to be consistent with those things. Because the moment that you flip that and say, well, this celebrity over here that agrees with me, this one can talk, but the other ones need to shut up. No, now you have closed a lot of doors to people who don't agree with you. And the point of having beliefs and ideas and expressing those things is not to say, look at me. It's to say, this is what I believe to be correct. Let's talk about these things. You know, am I wrong on this? Am I right about this? If I'm right about this, why don't you agree with it? And that's the whole point of having these discussions. But it doesn't seem like that's what it is anymore. The whole point is, look, somebody agrees with me. I must be right. Uh, that is how we get into echo chambers. That's how we get into fights. It's not good. Uh, this point of not joining the outrage culture goes along those lines. If you are upset about this witch hunt over uh, some figure, uh, let's just for example's sake, uh, they're having a witch hunt against this conservative figure and they're tearing him or her down on Twitter because of some things that they said in the past, this is ridiculous, we shouldn't treat people like this. But then you turn around the next week and go, I knew that this liberal person that he or she had it coming to them and I knew they had stuff in their past and they're just the worst and let's tear them down. You have now become the very thing that you hate. The, the very thing that you said a week ago is not good and, and shouldn't be done at all. We can't flip-flop like that. If you're going to be consistent, be consistent about those things. Uh, don't, don't rail one day and then join in the mob the next day. Be against the mob. Be against the mentality of we're going to go scour through people's history and tear them down. 
well, I'm against it when it's somebody I like, but if it's somebody I don't, I'm not going to say anything. That doesn't work. We've got to be consistent uh, and show people that it's not right to do this to other individuals. We have to pull back and look at this from a Christian perspective because the worldly perspective is, I, here I am, a conservative. This conservative is being taken down. I have a problem with that. People shouldn't do that. Well, here's a liberal getting taken down. Well, I, as a conservative, don't care. Go ahead, tear her down. You know what? I'm, I'm going to tear this person down with you as well. As a Christian, that's not the mindset. As a Christian, the mindset is, God expects me and just people in general to be treated better than that. So as a Christian, regardless of what my political beliefs are, regardless of what other beliefs I may have, it's not right to do this, and so I will have no part of it. If we're going to survive in the social media outrage culture, people have to see a difference in Christians that are online. People have to view you differently than they see everybody else. You have to stand out. And one of the biggest ways that you can stand out uh, is by being aware of the fact that people are watching you, uh, by thinking before you post and not just putting out whatever thought or whatever funny joke, even if it's a little rude or insensitive, but it's true. You got to think before you post, before you put those things out there. Is this going to help Christ or is this going to hurt Christ if I post these things? And then third, People have to see us saying, you know what, I'm not joining the mob for either side because it's not right to treat people that way. This brings us to the end of the show uh, where we're going to talk a little bit about application and then send us off uh, on today's episode. Here's what I want to encourage you to do after you leave this episode. When you're done hearing it, uh, here's what I want you to do. With all of the outrage and negativity that exists online, I want to encourage you to say something positive either in a general sense, you know, posting something on Facebook saying, I hope everyone has a great day. If I can pray for you, you know, send me a message so I can I can pray for you. Uh, post a Bible verse, some, post something positive in a general sense or better yet, if there are people you can personally uh, go to online, and you should do this in person too, but we're talking about ministry and technology. Uh, if, if there are people online that you can post to and say, you know what, I was just thinking about you today, wanted to let you know, I appreciate you, I love you, uh, and you know, if you need anything, let me know, uh, or can I bring you something? Post something positive, either generally or directly to somebody, uh, and, and spread some positivity. It's one thing to not be a part of the outrage mob and, and with everybody who's being mad and upset. It's another thing to actively be positive and spread cheer and treat people like neighbors. Uh, God doesn't ask us to, to just, you know, if there's bad going on, sit on the sidelines and, and don't do bad things. God wants us involved in doing the good things. Uh, there's a, a passage, and I don't have my Bible open in front of me. Uh, it's in 1 Peter chapter 2, and if I can flip to it fast enough, uh, I'll read it instead of just referencing it. In First Peter chapter 2, and you have all these Christians going through all of this trouble and persecution, and you have Peter say this, Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of his visitation. 
So you have on one end those without God doing bad things, and Peter doesn't just advise them, hey, you know, stay out of the bad things because that's not good. You know, avoid those things and and just keep your head down and be be Christian and you'll get to heaven. Peter says, you as they're actively speaking against you, you go and do Christ-like things because that may turn their attention away from the bad that they're doing to God and ultimately become a child of his. Now, we are we are told to do good things, not just avoid the bad. And so today, as you leave this episode, go directly or indirectly, just in a general sense, do something positive online for people. Uh, say something nice, post something encouraging, reach out to people in love, uh, and show them that, yes, while social media can be a very bad place, it doesn't have to be, and, and my social media will not be a bad place, because I refuse to be that way. I'm going to be like Christ. This has been the episode of Technically Speaking. Uh, I hope that you've enjoyed it, and I hope that you can use some of these things as well. Uh, remember to be aware. Think before posting. Don't join the outrage culture. Instead, spread positivity. Be a, a Christ-like influence here on the Internet. This has been the show. Remember that everywhere that you go, online or off, you represent Christ. So represent him well. See you next time.